Good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to Sound Off. The Sound Off host is Brad Bennett, who has served this country as a Marine Corps sergeant during the Vietnam War and has served this community as a three-term member of the Duluth School Board. Now, Sound Off, and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Yes, here I is on a Friday morning uh, here on the Northland 610 KDAL radio with Sound Off. And, oh, by the way, if you would like your voice to be heard during this show, you want to put your two cents in on any issues, uh, even ones we're maybe not talking about, if you uh, think there's something out there that we should be talking about, you can do one of two things. You give us a call at 218-722-0839, hit the call button, and on your cell phone, and it'll send the call to Kenny. Kenny will answer it. He'll ask you what you want to talk about, put you in the, in the pod, and get you on the air. Or you can dial that same number, 218-722-0839, and instead of hitting call, hit message. That little, uh, you know, squiggly thing that looks like a message uh, uh, bleep. And that will allow you to send us a text message. You can say, hey, here's my comments about this, that, or the other thing. And Kenny reviews those during the show as well and comes and lets us know when there's issues we need to talk about or that somebody has uh, sent us. Now, we've had some great calls this week. We we really have. I have uh, I succinctly remember a young man that called from Superior, Wisconsin, that talked about voting and uh, the importance of that. And he he made some very, very good comments and good, smart stuff. Well, uh, one other quick quick note. At the bottom of this first hour, at about 11.35, right after the CBS News, we are going to have a visit from our 8th District Congressman, Pete Stauber, who just recently returned from a fact-finding mission to the border in Arizona. Not in Texas, but in Arizona. So I was going to talk about that and a a number of other things uh, that we want to talk about as well. So uh, yesterday, the... uh, uh, the the investigation, I guess we're not going to call it a trial of Fannie Willis because it's really a, a Fulton County, the judge uh, in this case has said, uh, Judge uh, Scott McAfee has called uh, for an investigation of whether Fannie Willis may have uh, had a relationship. Well, we know she did have a relationship with the attorney that she appointed to handle the case against Donald Trump. Now, what what is coming out in the trial, it, it appears to me, is when this relationship started. Because uh, if and in fact started when a number of whistleblowers and people are saying it started, uh, that would then be probably a conflict of interest for Miss Willis. Wills, because uh, if if in fact the um, the relationship that she admits that she did have, uh, or has had, or is still having with the attorney she hired, if it started when a lot of these witnesses are saying it started, it would be a conflict of interest because that would have meant she was having that sexual relationship before she appointed him as the attorney, meaning. She was doing it as a way of uh, reimbursing him or giving him uh, special treatment. Now, she's she's going to continue to try to say that uh, 
that no, I didn't start it until after he was hired and that we just had a personal relationship up till then. Um, however, there's a number of people that are watching this case. And the one thing that I saw yesterday in one of the stories that came out, and I'll read you just, it's a quote, uh, says, one thing that seems difficult to swallow. Uh, this is from uh, Malcolm, uh, John Malcolm, a former assistant U.S. attorney in Atlanta. So he's a pretty knowledgeable uh, a person. He said, the one thing that seems difficult to swallow in this claim that she paid her paramour, Nathan Wade, in cash to reimburse him for expenses related to luxury trips and hotel accommodations and meals and et cetera that they took together. Yes, Fanny, Fanny Willis is saying, oh, oh I, I, I paid him back for everything that he, uh, when we went on trips together and he was uh, spending his money, which in fact was the taxpayer's money on trips, I paid him back. But I paid him in cash because the judge said, well, could we see some uh, receipts for those uh, reimbursements? Oh, I, I paid him in cash. You paid him large sums of money in cash? Oh, yeah, I always keep large sums of money around the house. Really? And as Malcolm said, that's the one thing that's very difficult to swallow is the claim that she repaid him in cash to reimburse him for expenses related to luxury trips that they took together. Now, this morning, <laughs> she... Oh, this is almost laughable if it wasn't so serious. This morning, she has as a witness for her on the stand her elderly father. And when I say elderly, I'll tell you how elderly he was. Uh, one of the attorneys asked him to look at a uh, piece of paper that had some dates on there uh, when supposedly uh, she uh, started this relationship with uh, with Nathan Wade. Well, he took the piece of paper and he turned to the judge. Now, this is an elderly gentleman with Coke bottle glasses, if you know what I mean. Actually, Brad, we have a soundbite from him here. I want to, Yeah, I want to play this for you and your listeners, and uh, this is what he said. What okay. you talking about, Willis? <laughs> yeah, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was almost as funny as that, Kenny, because he... He turns to the judge and he says, Your Honor, I have to go in my my briefcase. He's got a little handbag, kind of a briefcase on his lap. Yeah. He says, I have to go in my briefcase and get my magnifying glasses. And he's looking at the judge with these Coke bottle glasses yeah. where they're about an inch thick. And he pulls out one of them big magnifying glasses and he looks at the paper and, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I think yeah. that's about right. Yeah. Well, I think I think he actually said this. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? I mean, this case is really something to watch. Um, and it's going to be very interesting when some of these other uh, whistleblowers come forward and testify because they have agreed that they're going to testify and that they're going to agree to testify that she started a relationship long before she hired him and appointed him to go after Donald Trump. So, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be real headaches for the Fulton County uh, uh, District Attorney. Oh, by the way, just as a sidelight to yesterday's 
investigation. One of the news stories I I was reading about it had taken pictures of her close up. And it's pretty obvious that she had her dress on backwards. She she had a Brad, red dress on. She was in a hurry to get to the courtroom. Well, that's that's what she said. Yes, she did say she was in a hurry to get to the courtroom. Now, why do you say she that? Had, well, she has one of these dresses that zip up the back. You know how you re- you can reach over and pull a zipper. It's got a, like a four or five inch zipper that comes right up. Has to this the been fact checked? Um, not necessarily. No. Okay. <laughs> so I'm so I'm saying it's maybe just a rumor or whatever. But the picture showed up close up. Obviously, it was on backwards. You know, even the seams for the shoulders were in the wrong spots. They were in the front, some way halfway down her shoulder. Um, she's got some issues going on here, and I, I, I think what's going to happen is that you know the the uh, this is not a jury trial. It's not even a trial, really. It's an evidentiary hearing, but the judge could rule that look, there's enough information here to for me to believe that uh, that that you have been in a relationship with him and that that's what uh, made you appoint him and that you got remuneration from that relationship. Because we can't prove, other than just your word, that you uh, reimbursed him for the costs uh, that you had. So it's going to be very interesting. We'll, uh, they're in day two, as I say right now, so uh, we'll try to keep you up to date if anything comes up. Uh, uh, one of the legal uh, legal editors for one of the publications I looked at, uh, a guy by the name of Kerry Urban, uh, said that uh, Willis and Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade are facing a legal problem in addition to potential disqualification from their case against former President Trump due to allegedly having an improper affair. Uh, a former good friend of Willis, of Willis, a good friend of, of hers, testified Thursday that she has no doubt, no doubt, that the district attorney and Wade had a romantic relationship starting in 2019, contradicting Willis's prior statement to the court. Willis claimed to the court that she and Wade had been professionally associates and friends since 2019, but there was no personal relationship between her and Wade in November 21 at the time of Wade's appointment. A civil rights attorney, uh, a civil rights attorney commenting on the case, Leo Terrell, said this bombshell witness testimony points to disqualification. In other words, it's, it sounds like it's phony. So we, we will see as time goes on and as other witnesses come forward. Uh, but she was getting a little confrontational yesterday, uh, holding up the documents that this Roman had uh, filed, uh, stating that this case should be thrown out of court. And she said, this is lies. These are lies. Well, but she couldn't prove that they weren't. And in fact, she has... She has agreed, and I think she had to agree because I think there was enough uh, documentation out there. She was showing uh, pictures of her and him entering hotel lobbies together and things like that so that I, I think she pretty much knew that they had her dead to right in a relationship with this guy. Uh, and so she had to admit that she had done that because if she hadn't, that would have been an absolute flat-out lie 
and would that would have uh, not only maybe disqualified her from appointing Wade to this case, may have disqualified her from the case, may have even got her um, uh, losing her legal license. Who knows? We'll uh, we'll see. But this is uh, it's kind of interesting how so much of this stuff that has been brought against Donald Trump to make him look bad uh, it ends up to bite back at him when they have these far left Democratic appointees that are going after him. Anyway, we got to take our first break. We'll come back shortly with more sound off. KDAL time is 1123 uh, cold. It's seven above right now and the sun is shining and some of the colder air we've seen uh, probably all winter, but we'll check those details. Say, we do have TJ from Thorlux and Tax Service, Brad. I was going to say, TJ probably doesn't even care if it's cold because he gets one of those little visors on, you know, like you see those accountants wear, and he just locks himself in his room, and he's got a stack of uh, t- tax forms in front of him, and he just goes to it. Just No, I'm, I'm sure that's not the case, TJ, but how are you this Friday? I'm good, and anybody that knows me knows that during tax season, I don't even leave the office. I wear the same clothes all week. I'm here all 24-7. <laughs> I never leave my post. But <laughs> it oh, has been man. very interesting. Normally, and you remember, I've been doing this close to 30 years. Normally, people come to start seeing me in the middle of February and things. And I'll tell you, these last two weeks have just been crazy. And so many of them, they smile when they come in and they use that famous phrase we always talk about where they say, you look exactly like you sound on the radio. But I've probably <laughs> had... I've had 60 or so people come in in just the last couple of weeks because of the show that, you know, listening to what we do and all that kind of stuff. And they always say I sound honest. So I don't know how you do that, but I am honest, but it's always nice well, to Well, I think you that. do. I I think that's very true. I think you do sound, I mean, just some of the some of the things that you talk about and some of the phrases you use sound legitimate. And, and I mean, I think you believe exactly as you say that you you will do everything in your power to give people every dime back that they have coming legally, but you're not going to do anything illegal. Exactly. And the other thing I hear a lot that's always refreshing to me is they say, you know, the advice you give, anybody could use. You're not saying that they have to come to you. And I'm like, absolutely. You know, I mean, thousands and thousands of people listen, you know, on Fridays to us. And if what I say can help them out, it just, you know, cheers me up. And so it's been really, you know, fun for for me because that's kind of, you know, what we want to do on Fridays. And so I get a nice pick-me-up. And so it's kind of – I enjoy that because it means that what we're doing here is really helping people out. So I appreciate the time you guys give me, you know, to talk well, about this. But we probably want to hear some good tax advice, right? Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's well, – what, what, what tips you got this week? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, you know, I'm seeing so many more tax returns from people with, you know, rental properties in a small business. And I'm, I'm you know, I, I just sit here astounded of what tax advice they're hearing from tax professionals that they use. I mean, I had somebody come in the other day that said that their tax person said if they didn't have their mileage written out in a log that they weren't going to put any of it in there because the IRS won't accept it. And all I want to say is, what the heck? You know, the IRS, we may not think of them being reasonable, but they're very reasonable people. And it's not reasonable to say, let's just pick a profession, you know, like a realtor. You know, and if the realtor doesn't keep an accurate logbook, they put zero mileage on their tax return. You know, an IRS person auditing that isn't going to believe that any more than they're going to believe that you did 75,000 miles. You know, so 
Absolutely. And, it's like, yeah. and people really feel that the IRS looks at these tax returns like a term paper in college, and they're going to scrutinize every line and want you to come up with a receipt for everything. And ideally, they'd love to see a receipt and things. But, you know, I've been doing this 30 years, and I have done – well, one of the volunteer things I've done for 20-some years is we do tax returns for people that are – you know, in rehab things and at the correction center in the jail to help the families get that earned income credit money. And so it's like, you know, we there's a, those are a lot of guest returns because they don't have receipts and things, but they're the honest things. And I've never had a problem. I've done hundreds of those. So, yes, the IRS would like receipts. They would like to have everything documented that they can go back and look at. But they're also reasonable. And if you say, listen, I don't have a log, but this is how I drive and these are the trips to the cities, and we put this number right. down. Oh, they're fine with that. They're because that's reasonable. They're looking for these crazy. And I, I'm actually seeing these, Brad. You'll love this. I've seen at least three Uber drivers that have driven over seventy-five thousand miles in one year. So oh, I, that's just not reasonable. But I asked them. I said, "No." They did it for two years back, and I said, "Why did you put so many miles down there?" And they said, "Oh, I watched a YouTube video, and they said just oh, keep boy. up in the mileage until you don't pay taxes." And so that's what they oh, did. Oh, man. And, that's, and they're not going to get in trouble. You know, they would if the IRS looked. But they're not. You know, the IRS isn't going to flag that because they didn't make that much money anyway. So they think they got away with it, but they haven't. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it right and doing it honest. And that's what we do right. up here. And, and that's why we love looking at old business tax returns because, you know, 80 percent, we, we find mistakes that will make money. Remember that one guy got 50 that's five zero. Fifty two thousand or something. Yeah, that's a yeah. big chunk of money back. That's wonderful. Well, you may not get that much money back, folks, but TJ is here to help you. Uh he'll give you honest, straightforward advice and honest, straightforward tax help to the that you uh will find to your benefit. So TJ, again, a, a couple of things. First of all, I know that we want people to call you at the two one eight two seven nine one nine two zero number, but you also have a uh, a website or a or a an email address that they can contact you. And what was that again? Because I didn't write that down last time. Yeah, and and people really like this. I'm glad you brought that up. We you go to Thorlakson dot com t h o r l a c k s o n dot com, and you there's an option to pick there, and it says schedule you know a consultation with TJ, and they're free, so you can click the okay. box. And then it'll it'll let you set up an appointment to have a video meeting. You don't even have to show up. You just will talk over the video. So you can set up a video thing there. There's also another box that you can make a tax appointment to come up here. And people, I'm not that high tech, but people really like it. And that's one of the reasons I'm getting so many appointments up here is people are using that. So Thorlickson.com if you want to make an appointment. And email is kind of tough, but it is TJ at Thorlickson.com. Uh, or just give us a call, and so it's it's we're here all the time. All right, super stuff as always on a Friday. Uh, T.J. Thorlickson, give them a call, folks, or or uh, go to uh, Thorlickson dot com and schedule an appointment. Uh, I'll just about guarantee you'll be happy with the information. And even if you've already done your taxes yourself, he'd be more than happy to look at them, and he might find something where you've. Uh, uh, inadvertently forgot something that you could uh, be worth some money coming back to you. So, T.J. Thorlickson, 218-279-1920. Thanks, as always, T.J. Appreciate it. 
Well, Kenny, we've got to we've got a phone. Uh, uh, do we have a phone call, or is, do we have somebody hanging on the line, or we do not? Okay, well then let's do this. Uh, I know we got to take our CBS News, but oh. one more piece. Yes, I was going to say, you know what today is? It's Almond Day. It Love is. An almond. It is Almond Day. <laughs> Smokehouse almonds are my favorite. Uh, they're my favorites too. I love. Yeah, it might kind of be my like favorite that. nut after the peanut. I like. I like, I like cashews. Almonds. My my favorite is honey okay. roasted cashews. Cashews. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Okay. Top three peanut, cashew, and almond. There we go. Oh, okay. That's, that's for sure. It's that's also sure. Girl Scout Cookie Weekend. Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But they're, they are coming out this weekend, the Girl Scout cookies. Yes. But inflation has taken oh, a hit again this oh, year. Boy. They're up higher again. They're about Say, a buck higher than they were. Let's. Uh, we got to fit the CBS uh, news break in. Uh, we've got a congressman on hold. Oh, well, then we better get to it. Let's do it. KDAL time, 1137, 10 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers in Canal Park, 10 above. And, Brad, on the phone, we do have Congressman Pete Stopper. Well, Congressman Stauber, welcome. I'm sorry it took so long to get to you. We've just got so many uh, sponsors wanting to be on the show, it seems like. But you've uh, you've recently come back from a trip. Yeah, it's great to be with you, uh, Brad. Uh, good Friday morning. Yeah, uh, we went. Uh, I was uh, third time to the border. We went to uh, Cochise County, Arizona. Uh, we went to um, the border there. That's the Tucson sector. Uh, and uh, we spoke with the border agents, uh, farmers and ranchers, law enforcement, um, and uh, again, extremely uh, disappointing. Uh, we held a roundtable there, an actual field hearing in the natural resources involving federal lands, and uh, it was uh, very disturbing on, on what we saw that was happening on federal lands um, and the, the concerns about uh, the illegals uh, just going around the fence, the, the border fence that Biden stopped. and. Uh, and, and what it's causing in, in uh, financial uh, hurting to the farmers and the ranchers, to the, uh, the social service uh, systems, to the law enforcement. Uh, the, the 80% of the fentanyl that comes through and to the United States comes through that open Tucson border sector. And it's just it's wow. unacceptable. And there was a lot of frustrations with, and, and this is it, the, the mayor of Sierra Vista, where we held the hearing, is a Democrat, is, is so upset at what is happening to his community. And uh, again, in a bipartisan fashion, they're pushing this administration, telling him to close down the borders. And listen, I saw it firsthand. And, and, and Brad, it's, it's really disheartening to have the, the Border Patrol agents literally begging me to yeah. do something about it because of what's happening they're getting assaulted they're uh, i just want to if you give me 30 seconds i want to give you kind of the outline when an illegal wants to come to the united states they pay the cartels between eight and ten thousand dollars the cartels will then get them across the border illegally and then they will have via social media they're they're asking for people to meet these illegals and drive them uh, to you know out 30, 40, 50 miles away from the border. And at that point, uh, the illegals have other handlers that will bring them out through the community. Uh, and uh, and it's it's um, indentured uh, servants is what's happening because if those illegals get hired, um, 
they have to pay 30% of their salary for life to the cartels. And they're doing wow. that. And uh, the cartels, it's an organized crime. They say not only is this a public safety issue for all Americans, but it's an organized crime that's bringing in the cartels millions and millions of dollars a month. And again, the 80% of the fentanyl coming to the United States comes through that open border Tucson sector uh, that, sure. uh, yeah, like I was standing next to the Obama wall that joined with the Trump wall, and then the, the, when Biden uh, became president, he stopped that. And that, it's a 19-mile uh, section that's wide open, uh, and they're coming through there in droves, and um, it really over, it's, a, it's overburdening uh, the system, Brad. Oh, Yeah. You, let me ask you a question, and I want you to comment on this, because th- this has become almost like the Demo- well, the Joe Biden's uh, alibi now. Well, those nasty Republicans voted down our, bi- uh, our bilateral agreement that, we would, that, that I would have been able to close the border down on, and now uh, well, they're going to have to deal with it. They're all talk and they're no show because they didn't go along with that agreement. I mean, I've read most of that agreement. That agreement was terrible. But, but what what would you say to somebody that says, "Hey, you had a chance to uh, to make an agreement and you voted it down"? Well, that couldn't be further from the truth because it never even went on the Senate floor. The Senate didn't even no. vote on it. The only secure border legislation that has been passed out of the House or Senate was Republican-led last May, and it was, um, it was the most secure border package in the history of our country, and it's still sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk. He refuses to bring it up. And just for your listeners, Schumer can bring that bill up with some amendments, which means it's going to not totally uh, be congruent with our language. That's okay, because then it can go to conference, and in conference is where we can work out the differences. So. Uh, when you hear that the Republicans haven't done anything, we're the only ones that have passed a piece of legislation on border security out of the House. The, the Chuck Schumer never put, he never put a border bill on the Senate floor. You know, Congressman, there, a lot of people have said this president has all the bill, all the laws in place already if he would implement them to really kind of close down this whole border situation. Is, is that basically true? Are there enough laws out there already if they were actually implemented that would stop all this? The answer is yes. Remember, when Biden was sworn in, uh, shortly thereafter, he, he uh, by executive order, he, he removed the Trump policies on the border. He, re, he, he reinstated, Joe Biden reinstated uh, catch and release. Um, he, he removed the remain in Mexico. Uh, he removed the asylum cooperative agreements um, and, and so many more. And Brad, just by executive order, the, the Border Patrol agents, law enforcement uh, uh, in, in our southern regions are just saying, uh, reinstate, remain in Mexico. That means if you yeah. come to asylum, you stay in Mexico or another third uh, um, uh, party country, and you end catch and release. If, if the Border Patrol says if he just reversed those two, 80% of the illegals will stop. And then there's other executive orders uh, he could, uh, he could uh, remove that would stop the other 15%. 
When Joe Biden came into office, our border was more secure than it ever had been in the history of this country. It is now the most open border, dangerous border because of his policies. And two weeks ago, the American public heard um, Joe Biden say, um, quote, he's done all he can on the border. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that is so misleading to the American people because all the sheriff's association, the police associations have said, remove your executive orders allowing the open border. That will help. And he refuses to do so because he is, he, he is following his extreme left wing of his party. It's uh, pretty easy to see really what's going on. And and like you said, you've got so many Democratic uh, mayors and governors and city managers uh, that are looking now. I, I just read a story this morning about Denver that's uh, bankrupting its budget with free education and free health care and free this and free that for humongous numbers of illegal immigrants coming into the city. Well, it's interesting because if you look at the Denver situation, it's very similar to New York City. They're actually yeah. trying to give money away to um, cities that are nearby to disperse uh, these uh, illegal immigrants that are sleeping on um, in in the streets, in in the, the wooded areas of the communities, in hotels, and even as you see in the, as you saw in New York, they're on national park land and they're in schools. They're literally putting these illegals in schools and shutting down the schools and yeah. allowing telework for the students, like they did during COVID. It's unbelievable, yeah. and the and, and the American people are are waking up, and that. The, the American people are waking up. Our communities are make, waking up. We now know that all, every state is a border state. And only now, during an election year, is Joe Biden saying, oh, now it's a crisis. He has created that crisis and for three years told the American people there's no issues. Only on an election year, because it has been brought to the American people's attention, they are seeing the devastation. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan said, a secure border is a secure nation. And I want to reiterate, Brad, to your listeners, um, 17, uh, correction, 1.7 million gotaways, which means there are yeah. 1.7 million illegals that entered illegally. We don't know who they are, uh, where they went, or what their intentions are. And on 9-11, it took 19 terrorists to do that. That's to this. right. And That's so, right. Um, and, and by the way, uh, the FBI has put us on high alert. The FBI has put us, the American people, on high alert uh, because of the concerns with terrorism, because of the, the illegal um, immigrants coming through our southern border. And by the way, we always talk about our southern border. There are historic numbers coming through our northern border, too, including... Yes in northern Minnesota, and that's simply unacceptable. Absolutely. Well, Congressman, uh, let me tell you this, or let me tell my listeners this. You all know I'm an opinionated talk show host, and my opinion is we need Congressman Pete Stauber to continue to work for this district in Minnesota. And I'm going to ask you, Congressman, I know you have a website or something, but if people want to make a campaign donation to your cause or if they want to call up and get a lawn sign or work for the cause, how can they do that? How do they contact Congressman Pete Stauber? 
Well, we, they can just go to PeteStauberForCongress.com, and I have all the information there. And, and Brad, I would also encourage your listeners to sign up for my newsletter, Stauber.House.gov, and it gives them up-to-date information on what we're doing in Washington on their behalf, you know, fighting for our economic drivers, um, you know, fighting to secure our border, ensuring our law enforcement is taken care of, and, and, and trying to make the, this country the best it can possibly be. So uh, we have uh, on our official website that you go there, sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's very interesting, and, and we get a lot of really good feedback on it. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, we've, uh, you've been available to us often when we ask, and we appreciate that. And I hope people will go and sign up for that website or that uh, newsletter. Thank, thank you, you, Congressman Pete Stauber. Kenny, we got to take a break, our Minnesota news break, and then we'll come back. United we stand, divided we fall. And if our back should ever be against the wall, we'll be together, together, you and I. All united we stand. KDAL time is 11.55, 12 degrees in Superior, but with a northwest wind at 17. Yeah, wind chill minus 6 in Superior right now. <laughs> a little chilly out there. Hey, Kenny, remember our friend Ross from uh, True North Flags? Sure. We've had him as a sponsor on our show. Well, I just wanted to let people know, a lot of people are going to go this weekend down to the big boat show, home show, sports show down at the deck uh, that started, actually started yesterday, right? Started yesterday afternoon. Uh, we got, uh, you know, our friends at uh, at our uh, uh, contractor, uh, our friends with the boat uh, group are down there. Everybody's down there. Uh, with displays. Well, Ross has got a display there, and I thought it would be interesting for people. Stop by Ross's True North Flag booth. He's got a brand new shipment of the original Minnesota state flag that just came in. Not that uh, not that thing that looks like a third world country flag, but the original Minnesota one, the dark blue with the state logo on it, with the farmer plowing his field with his uh, rifle up against a stump and uh, all the other stuff on it. If you want an, a real, authentic, original Minnesota state flag, stop by True North Flags booth at the Sports Boat Home Show. Uh, and then, of course... Uh, you better be you know, stocked up. He better. He is stocked up. He has a bunch of them. I said yesterday. He's got a bunch of them. We heard about this yesterday, and I uh, said if Brad mentions it, he's going to sell out. And they said, "Good." Well, we hope he, he can, can probably do that. get more. And and then don't forget to go to the Marine General booths. A couple of yeah. them too. They got some great stuff. And there stop as at well. the Midwest Communications booth. Oh yeah. yeah! Say hi to Kenny. When are you going to be down there? By I'm the going to be there tomorrow. My wife and I will be there from three to five. 3 to 5 tomorrow, and then Neil Atkins will come along after uh, my shift is done. So I think Neil's are 5 to 7, I think. Fantastic. But, uh, well, yeah. listen, uh, we're, we're almost We've got out a of caller. Time for th- oh, we do. Well, let's. Who do we got? Well, I, th- I can feel the warmth. Dawn Uh-oh. on a cell from South Florida. <laughs> Ooh, Dawn. Well, how you doing down there? You got blue skies and uh, calm winds, or what's going on? Uh, it's a beautiful day, a little ocean breeze, blue skies, uh, light, wispy clouds. 
but uh, nice. you know Duluth's had exceptional weather apparently too. So give yes, us a temperature, have. Don. Uh, Kenny, I'm not sure. I'm I'm close. It's got to be close to eighty. Seventy. <laughs> stop it! I didn't. Okay, you can stop now. You know, you, know, you put your old bones out in the sun, and it feels pretty good. Love it, love it. Yeah, I know you just talked to Pete, and Pete's given numbers yes. that you know if Biden would just uh, uh, reverse his executive orders, you know, the border would be back, you know, eighty percent of what it is, and another fifteen percent if they do something else. I don't understand why the Republican Party is instead of chasing some other bill is not coming out with a campaign that says uh, the Democrats and President Biden can reverse this by reversing his executive orders, do the same thing they do when when uh, they don't like when uh, conservatives do something, they always call you a racist and you spend all day defending why you're not a racist. Let them defend why why he won't reverse his executive orders on the border. And, uh, Boy, that is and, so true. So true. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about passing any bills. I would, you know, I'd have a campaign to the to that effect, and uh, make them come out and defend it everywhere. Every time you're on the news, you know, send out the same bullet than the Democrats do. They repeat the same talking points all the time. That should be every Republican talking point. Of well, buddy, we are out of time right now, but you are right on the spot. Stay tuned. We'll be back with our number two coming up shortly. Bulldog Hockey. Let's go!